Hello and welcome to the Midlife Manifesto podcast. I'm Leslie Ellis and this is the show where through the stories of my wonderful friends we celebrate and commiserate, we share the ups and the downs and the challenges and opportunities that midlife brings. Today on the show we have my gorgeous friend Jane Gray. Hello Jane. Hello Leslie. <laughs> Jane. Um, I'm going to describe her. She's got this kind of like natural instinct for constantly asking you questions. <laughs> and the kind of questions that sometimes make you frown in thought before you answer them. Kind of that make you uh, reflect on yourself and get to know yourself better. And I'm just talking about when we're out walking the dog. I mean, genuinely, this woman has this natural curiosity for understanding people and what makes them tick <laughs> so Jane we probably just better talk about how we met yeah so that was a very interesting experience in itself <laughs> and and, and I, it's a few years ago now I don't know how long it is can you remember I is reckon it? it's about two two, two two years ago so we were attending a, a Sunday workshop as I remember at the lovely Lindsay's we were and um I needed a lift and you kindly offered to give me a lift. We'd never met before. We'd, never. We'd um, interacted on a Facebook group and um, I felt as though I did know you a little bit. And so I turned up at your house and, uh -huh. and you gave me a lift there and it just, we just clicked. We had a lovely day and we've kind of been friends ever since and met up for coffees and and all of that kind of stuff. So it was like it was just meant to be. Yeah. And we were talking on in the car on the way here how we just have this ability to to talk and converse and the conversation goes all over the place. It's just a very natural um yeah, just a natural kind of lovely friendship, really. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. You know, it's so brilliant when you meet somebody. It's sort of at my age as well, at our age, making friends. It's just, it's such a bloody brilliant thing. It is. You yeah. know, so many people make friends early on and then never really make them strong connections mm. as they get older they become less and less but for me actually that's changed a lot I'm in the opposite I have more friends now in the last two or three years than I made probably in my 20s yeah. and 30s yeah yeah I'm with you on that one mm. Mm. it, it yeah. might be possibly because I've got more time to make friends because when you've got young children and you've, it's, it's, you can be a bit insular I think mm. it might be that yeah. Don't know, <laughs> but Jane is here to talk about her um, kind of transition, so a midlife transition in terms of career. So Jane, you um, went from having a a job in a school yep. to doing a complete pivot. So what I'm interested in is what what kind of what inspired you to do that because it is not unusual amongst my friends I'm noticing and, and other midlife ladies that they are making these kind of pivotal decisions yeah so for me it was um I, I kind of had a long-held desire to do something more than I was doing so I was one of those people who kind of fell into work when I was 16 and just kind of carried on um, in customer service roles and eventually when the children were growing up I kind of paid more attention to this desire that I had to do more it, you know it's not kind of blowing me on trumpet that I could do the, anything fabulous but I just felt as though there was something more I had to offer and because over the years um, I enjoyed talking to people and listening to people 
and it just seemed a natural thing for me to do to um to go into the career which I chose which was coaching um and it was like a little niggle that didn't ever go away so it just kept persisting and um and eventually I kind of I paid attention to that and decided that I would take the steps I needed to take which were scary yeah. um but to, but to do what it was that that was just you know that that just kept repeating itself to me I don't think we always listen to those niggles to those little taps on the shoulder so I'm so glad that you did (laughs) me too (laughs) so why now why then so why then so there'd been a couple of um I'd had a couple of experiences in my life where people had died as the result of freak occurrences freak accidents whatever you want to call it one of them being my dad 25 years ago and another one being um a wonderful lady that I worked with in the school that I was uh, that I was working in at the time and and again it was like um something that I paid attention to not in a gruesome way but just uh you never know what's the around the corner you know, I've got this this little niggle or this little voice saying, do this, do this. And it just felt like um, I needed to do it now. Mm. Because, like you said, if I just carried on, then that desire might have just gone and I would never have done it. And it just, everything just seemed to fall in place and it just seemed the right time. Um, you know, financially... We, you know, we didn't have masses of money in the bank or anything, but we, we were in a good place and I just wanted to give it a try. So it was a, a joint decision, really. You know, I'm married, so I'm in a partnership. And um, my husband was, is, <laughs> still not sure that I did the right thing, leaving full-time employment. Mm. But it was just something I needed to do and he's been very supportive ever since. So it was kind of those... Those things that led me to saying, okay, now's the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. I know when when we were talking about it on the phone uh, the other day, you'd said Gary were a bit like, oh, yeah. freaked out by the idea. Yeah. And he still is because, you know, he's just the kind of person who just likes things steady away, nice and safe and secure. And here was I, who who had been like that as well, suddenly making this rash decision to leave my secure job and go off into the world of self-employment, which nobody in our family had ever done anything like that before. So it was like, we'd no idea. It was a bit of a mystery journey, really. Yeah, for it's both brave. of us. Yeah, it's brave. Yeah. I do feel like I took a leap of faith. I do mm. really feel as though that's what I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's, you know, that's where I found myself. <laughs> so you find yourself suddenly in this, uh, from this secure job where you got a monthly salary, mm-hmm. um, you decide to go train as a coach. Yeah. 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 So I did a bit of training before I left. Um, I was fortunate that the, the place I worked supported me in that mm-hmm. and allowed me time off and uh, I went off and did that. So, so that I got a, a sense of whether that was the right thing for mm-hmm. me. Um and that was the start of my personal development journey really so I started in 2013 well not the start of my self-development personal development journey because I've always been interested in that kind of thing but officially that was my first training right um 
and yeah it just felt as though that was where I where I should be and, and it just felt like you know that was what I really wanted to do mm-hmm. that was the direction I wanted to head in so you knew at that point that you'd made the right decision yeah that, you know it kind of gave you that clarity if yes. you like yeah yeah so talking about clarity yeah you then um you came across uh a gentleman called Jamie Smart. I did indeed. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a bit about Jamie? Because a, a lot, uh, you know, people might not have heard no. of Jamie. So, so the training I'd done previous to encountering Jamie Smart was um, very much the traditional personal development uh, in the in the personal development arena. Things like neuro linguistic programming, neuroscience, um, you know, traditional coaching. And I always felt as though the way that I coached was wrong. Um, so because I, you mentioned earlier on, I just, I kind of do it intuitively. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes I've got no idea what I've said. People tell me I've said a certain thing and I have no idea because it's just in the moment coaching. So I used to measure myself against some of the guidelines and think, oh, well, I'm kind of failing here a little bit. Um, and, and then I, I came across Jamie, I don't know, on Facebook, I think, and I just, I listened to him for a while and thought, no, not for me. And then just one day, everything just seemed to line up. It was like, oh my goodness, he's talking about those things that I've been feeling about coaching. It was just a different view of coaching. Mm. And and I kind of settled in then, knowing that actually, I'm, you know, there is no wrong really, but that was just how that how, what my journey had been like um and jamie talks about his his uh he's got books and his course is called clarity mm-hmm. so he's, he's one got of my a favorite. book called clarity he has he's a... got clarity the little book of clarity yeah and then he's got one called results uh-huh. as well yeah and he has a training academy uh, a coaching academy called um the clarity coaching school Right. is what it's called so you can find him on facebook he's an amazing human being mm. and as i say what he said really resonated and it was like oh my goodness this is what i've been looking for this now makes sense of everything else so that was quite an amazing uh, an amazing moment yeah. yeah and when i when i met him met him officially i was in a, an event of his and I knew that um, he did this training and I thought, no, I won't be signing up for that. But he coached me on the call and I had such an amazing experience whilst he coached me right. that I just thought, no, this is this is what it's all about. And I signed up to his um, his coach, coach certification training. I've listened to some of his coaching because he posts some of his coaching sessions online. Yeah, he's very generous with what he puts out there. Yeah, yeah, he is very generous with yeah. his free content. But um, what actually what happened in that call? What what happened? So it's difficult for me to remember, but and I can't remember the question I asked him, and I'm sure there's a recording of it somewhere. I must ask him actually. But I asked him a question about the the content of the course or an issue that I was facing, and the whole the principles behind clarity are that we have everything that we need already and that the the secret source if you like is in connection so connecting with ourselves and connecting with other people and we just dropped into this wonderful quiet peaceful space 
it's making me go goosey now remembering <laughs> is it, it? Yeah, oh, it is. but it was it was like nothingness but it was everything so um it was just like almost reconnecting with something that was deep within me that i'd kind of forgotten was there right um because part of my story is kind of losing a sense of who i am and i think a lot of women um, experience that as well i i agree with that i think um women of our age have been through several different incarnations yeah. by the time you get to our age we've been you know um teenagers we've been lovers we've been wives we've become mothers which becomes all encompassing and you do sometimes lose that sense of self mm, i think yeah and i also think that might also be why a lot of women in midlife suddenly want to reclaim themselves yes but they don't know where to look yeah yeah i absolutely agree with that yeah mm. so that's what happened in the call it just felt like a very uh, natural and peaceful st state that we were in um and i just kind of i just joined up because i thought this is you know this just seemed so valuable mm. it's like all all of that overthinking kind of just fell away nothing really mattered apart from that connection that jamie and i had in that moment and it happened a number of times through the through the uh, certification training as well right so he what does he do to invoke that um he's not a wizard no, well <laughs> well you know, i think he is actually is <laughs> yeah he is very you know he's very he knows his stuff he's done a lot of training himself but i think what he does he's, is he's he's just got the knack of allowing all of the thinking to fall away so that he gets himself into a very connected state and and it just allows the other person we were talking on the way here about giving people permission yeah it gives the other person permission to actually join him in that space and i've noticed in my coaching sessions since my clarity coaching that that actually is what happens and it's the most bizarre thing because you can see on somebody else when we drop into that space somebody else is looking at you as if to say initially they're kind of going well are you going to say something do i need to say something and then they just drop and it's just quiet you know there's, there are yeah. things going on up here but it's not overthinking mm. and it's just um it's a human trait that we've you know, an ability that we've all got we just don't often switch everything off and allow ourselves that that ability to to drop there i think now particularly i think there's a fear of switching off mm. i think we're so dependent on being stimulated of you know having external things to stimulate our mind all the time we've forgotten what it's like a to be bored b to be quiet and c just to sit within ourselves yeah um and I, so i can see the power in this i really really can and i know we were talking on the way here because jane came to my house and we drove to the yes. studio together <laughs> didn't we and we were talking in the car about just having permission to be who you are and to um accept you yourself for who you are mm. we all sometimes for some reason need that permission from someone else yeah that's ridiculous but it's true yeah yeah it, or you know it's an invitation isn't it to, to, to just to just be still mm. because it's in that space that you were talking about um 
you know, in a, in a moment where you've particularly focused on something, hitting a deadline, then you get all sorts of creative ideas. And it's in that space of not having a load of overthinking that you get that insight, which is what clarity is all about. It's about allowing people to to get insights for themselves because that's where change comes. Mm. Um, you know, people published five steps to success for this and ten ten steps to or to something else and we follow the steps it don't work for us because the person who's written the five steps had an insight and then wrote the five steps we have to have our own insight for that kind of thing to uh, bring about that change it's uh that's the only the only time that we we get that shift if you like mm. and it's that moment where suddenly Everything looks different, although nothing out there has changed at all. But just how we see it is like, oh, oh, that's what that is, you know. Right. So you that alludes back to having everything that you need inside you yeah. already. Yeah. And when I, I trained as a coach, when yeah. I worked in the finance industry, I actually worked within a very small, tight-knit coaching team. And our job was to, well, improve performance within the business and generally that was working with managers and um, financial advisors to improve the sales and so it was very it had a very narrow um, sort of remit Mm. but actually we were taught a system called the grow model I don't know if you've come across the grow model and it's very it's very 2005 you know Um, but one of the things that stood out for me and actually changed the way that I viewed others was that there's an oak tree inside every acorn in every acorn there is a full grown oak tree it does need nothing else but water and sunlight Mm. to become an oak tree and that really resonated with me and whenever I was sort of engaging any coaching conversations viewing the other person as perfect in their entirety as they are was that key to unlocking their own ability and the results were remarkable yeah so this does not have to be sold to me coaching i've seen it for myself i've experienced it for myself and it is pretty true coaching is pretty incredible yeah um do you have you ever thought when you there are a lot of coaches out there Mm -hmm. let's be honest yeah and um often i feel that coaching is a misused word true coaching is is helping that person recognize their own innate um, sense of of ability and um, sense of development, but a lot of coaches can, like you say, say this is what you need to do. This is how you become a success. Follow these steps. Uh, so I do think it's become an overused word. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a there's a term in the industry called the cookie cutter approach where everybody comes in and, you, and you know, you're the same shape and size. Well, that's not true in real life. So, and that's, you know, my coaching has never been like that. And that's why in the early days I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong because, you know, this person said that, that person said the other. Um so I never know. I never go into a coaching session with any preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, 
asking questions and talking around the issues, the things that are said in the moment. So the so the the only planning I do is to show up with as little on my mind as possible, and create the space. Create the space, mm. and and like you say, it's it's recognizing that actually the other person doesn't need anything from me at all. There is nothing I can do really for them. They do it themselves. So the insights that they're going to get, the clarity that they're going to get, the creative ideas they're going to get, I've, I have no idea what they are, which is wonderful because it's like a surprise every time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's their work, it's their... People are experts in themselves and they mm. just need to clear away all of that thinking, all of the preconceived ideas about what they're able to do, what they can't do, all of the belief systems that they've they've acquired over the years. And it's that questioning about those belief systems that kind of blows everything out of the water and suddenly they kind of see things in a, in a whole different way. Mm. But Jamie often talks about um, educating in the not in the traditional sense where you're telling somebody something but in the um the meaning of the word is to draw out from within right so from a coaching perspective there might be some education but it is allowing that it's drawing the what's already there it's drawing that out so that it's a very personal experience for the the person in front of me so right does that so makes sense it does and i don't know why but in my head i've got this image of uh, this big ball of cotton all mushed up inside somebody's brain, right? Your job is to help them find the end of that mm. thread and maybe even to thread it onto the needle and then it all starts to come from there. So you just help them extract it bit by bit and recognise what's in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Love a good metaphor. Go. <laughs> so you have some sort of proper, really favourite kind of areas that you like to talk about, don't yeah. you? The things that you're a little bit obsessed with yes. and that you recognise. Is that because you're recognising these things in people all the time that you're coaching? Yeah, and I think because of the clarity coaching, it's it's kind of it's made me realise for myself that whatever challenges we're, we're having everything comes back to one thing and the one thing is the is the thinking it's the overthinking mm. um and the, and the favorite areas that, that we're talking about here are imposter syndrome mm -hmm. um, and the over analysis self-doubt is another one that um you know that i have found a real challenge which i suppose links with imposter syndrome but ultimately they are made up things they are made up words made up yeah. stuff to describe a, a human experience right and if we look before the imposter syndrome that we're talking about then you know before that there is some thinking going on right that thinking is you actually bring into reality so, so if you have a thought that you're not good enough and this shouldn't be happening to you it's just a thought, is that what you're saying? It's the yeah. thought that then triggers the So so feeling. I'll give you yeah, so I'll give you an example. So as I was sitting here at the start of the interview, I had a little moment where I thought, What am I doing here? Why has Leslie asked me to come on this podcast? <laughs> I can't even believe you're I'm asking an that question. <laughs> 
So it's just a natural human experience to have these thoughts come in and you become aware of them. And when you become aware of them, there's, it's not just the personal thinking. It's not just, oh, I'm an imposter. There's a whole, there's a whole historical thing going on. You know, there's all sorts of things just sort of mount up into this, this ball of mess, really. Yeah. And with that comes a feeling. So your thoughts and your feelings are always connected. So wherever you've got an uncomfortable feeling, there is an associated thought, thought with that. Right. So they are inseparable. This is what I've seen for myself. I'm not asking anybody who's listening to believe this, but they can certainly give it a, give it a try and see, you know, how they see things. So it's so it's thought and feeling connection, which is just thought and feeling are inseparable. And yes, whatever we are experiencing, be it anxiety or imposter syndrome or self doubt. We are experiencing this whole system of thought that's going on. And it's and it is thinking that we, we buy into. You know, mm. we believe it's real. Mm-hmm. We've got evidence to show it's real. You know, we've got historical evidence from when we were three or five or seven <laughs> or something to yeah. say how you know how rubbish we are at something. And it's just a human trait for us to automatically pull all of that towards us and create this uh, this thinking storm, this thought storm. Um, which gives us the feelings. So it's not saying it's just thought because it's an in, you know, this is, we're talking about an enormous thing here. Um, So it's not just, oh, get over yourself and stop doing that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of recognising it for what it is. Right. Um, But you have to have an insight to be able to do that. And that's where the coaching comes in. So it's having the awareness of it. Yeah, having the awareness of it. And there is a bit of, you know, this is how, this is what I've seen anyway. This is how human beings work. Mm. All of us, we're all in it. It's not, this is not something that I've acquired. Um, everybody on the planet is having the same human experience mm-hmm. whereby um, we have some thinking about something, we have a feeling about something and then we and then we do some action, whatever. And when we're having that thinking, we know that that thinking is backed up with evidence because we associate that with something that's happened, like you said. And that surely is the brain's way of helping us develop and learn. Because if we learn a new fact, if we can link it to something that we already know, we make sense of facts that way, don't we? That's how our brains work. And that's a good way of it working. Yeah. But obviously, because our brains are wired that way for learning and to be able to make understand the things around us we start making connections that are not necessarily true correct yeah Yeah. and we are and i I love that what you said because it kind of leads into something else i could talk all day about this leslie oh me too just keep going (laughs) so so what you've said there is you know we make connections about things we've already known so it's almost like we automatically turn in the direction of what we know Mm mm-hmm so it's like but but what we know is is defined you know there's a there's a limit to what we already know mm-hmm. the coaching i do it kind of gets people to look away from what they already know and look in a different direction right so you talked about the universe or whatever it is tapping on your shoulder so we kind of look in the other direction to where we don't know and there's a whole mysterious miraculous um element to life that we can tap into and see something new we can have a thought that we've never had before Mm. 
So we have, as human beings, we have between 70 to 100,000 thoughts a day. God, no wonder I'm knackered. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is it, you know, so trying to control that thought and those feelings that come with each thought is just a bit tiring, really. And it's a bit futile because we just never know what those thoughts are going to be. It's like, who knows what? Who knows what thought's going to pop into your head next? Mm. We've no idea. So, obviously, the, the message I'm getting loud and clear here is our thoughts are not remotely as important as we think they are. And, but it's so hard. <laughs> so, if I get a thought in my head, and I once heard, I once heard this described by, uh, I don't know whether you've heard of Sandy Newbegin. Oh, yeah, I love oh, him. Oh, so do I. He's so, he's handsome, ob, yeah. but he's also just such a lovely man. He and he is. once explained um, how oh, yeah. following your thoughts is, right? So he talked about this red car. So imagine, <laughs> imagine me and you are stood outside the studio. Me, you and Alex now are stood outside the studio and we're asked to count the number of red cars that pass us. We just watch them go past we count them and then let them go on the way. But all of a sudden, Alex runs after that red car, jumps, hangs onto the, the back of the car by his fingernails. It's dragging him down the street. He's kicking and screaming and it really hurts and it's uncomfortable. And we're all going, just let go. Yes. <laughs> just let go. Yeah. But if you, if, if you think that those red cars are thoughts, yes. <laughs> it might be a really kind of difficult thought it might be a thought saying you know you're not good enough mm. but it's just a thought and yeah. it doesn't actually mean anything mm. but we attach ourselves to that thought and we let that thought drag us through all the gamut of emotions to a point where we absolutely it becomes real and instead of just watching the car go past and counting acknowledging it and then letting it go yeah. Would that be fair to That's say? absolutely, yeah, I love that. I've, I've heard him tell that story too. And it, yeah, and it really is, um, it really, it is, it's a good way of describing it, absolutely. Mm. So it's not the red car that's, that's you know, causing the pain. It's the fact that we're holding on to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. That's exactly it, yeah. Brilliant. So, Jane... With your sort of viewpoint and your expertise, if 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 we've got somebody who's listening to this, and they say, "Oh shit, I totally recognise myself in this," <laughs> what what can I do? Have you got any kind of suggestions of how somebody can try and tap in, how they can look in the other direction, how they can sort of raise their own awareness? <laughs> So I often describe it um, as, so the raising awareness thing, we already are aware, everybody's aware because, you know, we, you, you and I are aware that we are sitting in this studio, we are aware that we're, we're talking. Um, so we have the ability to observe our thoughts because we know we're thinking something. So it's like overhearing a conversation in a coffee shop. So if you're sitting at a table and you're listening to the conversation next to you, you're not really getting involved in the conversation. You're just listening to it. And it's that kind of approach that you can practice on your own thinking. So instead of getting involved in your thoughts, you're just watching them like the red car mm -hmm. um, thing. Um, and I've heard somebody say, it's Michael Neal, who says we can either entertain our thoughts or let them entertain us. Right. which I really like. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of 
being the observer, taking the observer view of, of that. But the other thing that really, really helped me when I first, ad- first started out on this journey, and it's only deepened and deepened and deepened as I've gone through, is everybody is doing the very best they can in the moment with their level of understanding and awareness of that particular situation. And and I'll say that again. So everybody is doing the very best they can in from moment to moment with their current level of understanding or awareness. And that means you, whoever it is that's listening to this. It means me. It means you. It means the child who's having a tantrum. It means a teenage, teenager who's turned to drugs or crime. It means everybody. We have a current level of awareness in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And we are only ever doing what makes sense in that moment. And for me, that brings me back to being quite humble and feeling very compassionate and tolerant of myself, but other people as well. And it's not to excuse bad behaviour or criminal activity. There are things that can be done, but we can experience that with without all of the diagnostics and analysis and... Um, you know, beating ourselves up about things. Just to hear you so passionate and making every... It all makes so much bloody sense, mm. but we just... We're sometimes so lost in our own shit yeah. that we, we don't... We just we don't, don't see it. We don't see it. Mm. So, Jane, who who benefits from the help that you provide? As a coach, who benefits? What kind of people should you know if we've got people listening down there think well, would it work for me yeah so tell me who you're, you're so my my favorite clients to work with are midlife women because i understand the journey that they're that they're going through and it's midlife women who've kind of done that thing where they've lost their sense of self so they kind of look in the mirror and think well who am i now you know I don't recognise myself anymore and it's and they don't know where to start on picking all of that to, to find a way back to who they truly are. And I do that because it is still there within them. They're just they're just not seeing it. She's just doing an action where she's pointing yeah. she's pointing to a, a chest in this kind of My heart, Leslie. Yeah, my your heart. heart. <laughs> yeah. I always have to bring the tits into it. I can't help it. <laughs> So, yeah, so, so to get back in touch with who they really are um, and and women who are constantly berating themselves and second-guessing themselves and doubting themselves. So it's all of that, imposter syndrome, doubt, that all causes anxiety. So anybody who feels really stuck in their head, I can help them to get clarity. I'm a, you know, I'm a certified clarity coach and that's the kind of coaching I do. So... And this is not about people going out and doing wildly amazing things or suddenly I'm going to have to change all my life and, you know, get divorced or buy a new house in the country. Or It's not It's not that. It's a much quieter um, result, I suppose, that people get. So it's kind of been okay, which seems a bit like nothing. But from that space of peace and okayness, then you are able to do the things that you really want to do. You get a really clear picture of, actually, this is the direction I want to go in. Um, so who's to say what is beyond that? I've, I don't know, and usually the people that I work with don't know. Um, so it's just, it's anybody who feels as though they are really stuck 
in an uncomfortable place and everything feels a bit heavy. Mm. Um, and what we do is we work together and, and help people to have a more light-hearted approach to life because we are here to enjoy this journey. We you are, know, it's, and it's um, not... For some, it's not a long journey either, is no, it? No, that's know, right. I think that brings us back right to the beginning where you talk about what, what really mattered, what triggered this. Yes, you know. yeah. So... Oh, this oh, Jane, honestly, is such a star. I absolutely <laughs> love this conversation and I could have it go on forever. Uh, but what I'd really like to finish with is if we've got listeners now thinking, and honestly, they're mad if they're not thinking this, but if they're thinking, oh my God, I need to I need to speak to this woman. Yeah. What what do they need to do? How how does it work? What what offering is yeah. there there for people to engage with you? Okay, so I'm I'm um, planning a, a launch of a six-week programme in September, which will be a group programme. And what we'll do in that six weeks is there will be uh, lessons, if you like, videos for them to uh, listen to. And then there will be live calls each week as well. Okay. Um, group calls are one-to-one Group calls, right. yeah. Uh, group calls as well, where we'll... It, it will be coaching, because as you say, it's kind of in my blood <laughs> yeah yeah um you just it, can't help yourself, can't help yourself no. <laughs> but we'll you know we'll discuss whatever the, the that week's lesson has been and, and the idea behind it is that we'll look at where people are now because that's the start of any journey um so we'll get a, a, a real uh, good idea of what's going on for people now what is it they want to work on mm-hmm. we'll look at where they want to be and what that looks like what why that matters mm-hmm. because again getting clear on that is is critical really yeah um and then we'll explore this whole understanding of what we've already got going for us so there's nothing for us to acquire uh we've already got what we need yeah and you mentioned string early we'll be we'll be sort of unpicking the knots and the tangles Mm -hmm. in that string to make sure that we can step forward and you know and, and move towards what it is we actually want to um to get out of life you know and and i know people say they want materialistic things but ultimately people want to be happy they want to feel just okay and Mm. yeah in the moment and peaceful and all of that kind of stuff so that's a six-week program that i'm planning for september fantastic um if they were if they're interested in in taking part in that and i'd love people who are listening to do that if it resonates maybe the first thing to do would be to contact me message me on facebook so my coaching page is jane gray coaching it's really easy and they can send me a message through there or they can give me a call my phone number's on there um and for people who are listening it's i'm going to sell the places at 97 pounds a place on that six week program mm-hmm. but for your listeners uh, let's see what the what can they quote midlife manifesto yeah if they if they say that they're a listener then um 50 pounds for the six week program wow so it will be limited but yeah. i'll be doing it, I'll, be, I'll be repeating it mm-hmm. but it will be limited to between 5 and 10 people because any more than that is a bit too much yeah um so yeah, if anybody's interesting, interested, then, then contact me. Absolutely. That is an amazing offer. Thank you so much. You're very I'm, welcome. So I'm, I might be signing up myself. But <laughs> <laughs> be lovely to have you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you. And if somebody wants to work, I mean, obviously, you also work with people one to one. I do absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so, do that. So again, we 
I'm very keen on speaking to people about it. Yeah. Because obviously I might not be a right fit for them. Um and you did you did ask actually and I've gone off I've gone off piece a little bit, but you asked um, you know, what who it can help and how it helps them. But people generally just need to be open to something different and to you know, to be reflective and and yeah. kind of just be open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I work one to one with people and again it's a conversation to make sure that there is a connection between us mm-hmm. and that it's the right the right thing for the them right and the right thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. So we always finish uh, the podcast with a fact of the day. And it's usually completely irrelevant to anything (laughs) we've ever talked about. And in this case, I'm not breaking the mould. But the fact of the day today is, did you know, Jane, that in Albania... There is a group of women called Bernestas, Beneshas, Benishas. I don't know how to pronounce it, but anyway. And they live um, in little mountain villages and they live as men, right? So in order to avoid the restrictions of society. So what they do is they cut the hair, they wear men's clothes, they practice male gestures and mannerisms <laughs> and they change the names and they become celibate. Oh, Mm. I did not know that. Neither did I. I wonder if they learned to wee standing up. (laughs) (laughs) They might have to if they're living out there in the hills and things, might they? Maybe. I'm probably not going to give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that being all sorts of trouble. (laughs) All right, well, thank you so, so much for agreeing to come in today. I have absolutely loved this conversation and we'll carry it on for lunch after. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for asking me, Leslie. It's been lovely. You, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.